Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It is the Daily Stripe, Wednesday, June 28th, 2023. June's days are almost numbered, gentlemen. That means football is, what did you say, Nick, the other day? We were nine Saturdays, nine Saturdays away from Texas football? Yeah, from college football starting. Well, I'm sure there's a couple of games before that, but yeah, from our horns at least. Nice. Very exciting stuff. Uh, we are still, as we always say, in the throes of summer, though. NBA offseason coming up. We'll talk a little Draymond Green later in the show. Fantasy football. If college football and NFL are right around the corner, that means fantasy football is right around the corner. We have the Raiders scheduled to break down, which is fun. The title says it all. Mahomes-Borough rivalry. We'll talk that. I do want to kick off the show with an amazing thing we all got to witness last night. Late, late in the Los Angeles area, Shohei Otani hitting the mound six and a third had to come out because of a fingernail issue, 10 K's two home runs, three for three, raising his batting average above 300 Shohei Otani is now the odds on favorite to win MVP at minus 1200. The next best is plus six fifty. Otani is on pace for 56 home runs, 128, 128 RBIs and 254 strikeouts on the mound. I'm not going to say we'll see. It's not a guarantee we're going to see him go for 60 or come close to 60, but we're going to get a dance with 60 again this year. And I think that's pretty exciting. If, if we've, and we've discussed it before, Otani at the triple crown is one thing we've talked about. Otani going for 60 is another. And then on top of that, if we could see a rise, try to go for 400, we may be in September and while races will be tight, I think in the NL West should be fun. AL West, AL West could be interesting. The Centrals could be interesting, I guess, as unexciting as they have been. But we might be in some statistical races individually that, you know, again, we saw a judge last year, but a couple guys might be in it with, with, with some things we've never seen before. Yeah, I mean – I think this has been one of the craziest years in baseball history, honestly. I mean, Jeff Balky uh, of the Believe in Astros podcast tweeted at us that, you know, this is just one of the most insane years and there's nothing really, um, you know, you could really think about that uh, has come close to this. Um, I was talking about the Padres season and, and honestly, like so many little things here and there have just been so out of the blue and out of the ordinary. I mean, with the riots going for 400, you're mentioning judge um, Otani. I mean, this is just an unprecedented season that we're all able to witness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. stolen bases as well. Esti Ruiz, uh, Acuna going, try, both of these guys trying to go for 70 for the first time since Ellsbury did Ellsbury did it. Uh, and no one's gone for an 80 in a hot minute. Um, so really exciting statistic season for baseball. We talk about it all the time, but Otani once again, last night proving that he is not only the best baseball player on the planet, but maybe the best baseball player ever. What I said, the best athlete of all time, which people got people, Gretzky, you know, LeBron, Jordan Phelps, but what this guy is doing and how dominant he is on the mound <clears throat> and at the dish for me, it's very tough to argue. Individual performance wise. Yeah. It's tough. Um, I mean, all those guys have hardware. Yeah, I mean, 
it's really what counts at the end of the day is winning. And there's no slight on him as a player. It's just the organization. I mean, we talked about Trout being one of the best baseball players of all time as well. And he hasn't really been able to, you know, put victories on the table. And that's not his fault. Baseball is one of those those sports that if you're stuck on a crappy team, then you don't really have the opportunity to shine. But um, we'll see what happens because, you know, they're they're competitive this year and they might have an opportunity to make a run. And then, you know, if not this year, where's he going to land next year in free agency? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think it was the same conversation that we had when you asked this question probably three years ago when you first mentioned it. This is not the first time you've asked this question to us. And I think my answer is still the same. While I look at Shohei Otani differently as I did three years ago, um, the sports are about winning titles, winning championships, whatever you your league calls the Stanley Cup, the, the World Series, whatever it is, the NBA championship, NBA finals. And I know it is a really, really difficult task, as Nick is saying, in, in baseball to win the World Series. But um, I can't just go out and say that this guy's the best athlete ever until he gets it done. Um, it doesn't mean he has to win five. It doesn't mean he has to win three. Even the fact that, like, let, let's see this guy go deep in the playoffs and fall right. And see what he does like in a playoff series. Um, and then hopefully when it wins a world series, I'd love for him to win a world series because I think then he would get the flowers from, from everyone that he deserves. And it's just a joy to watch him play. But, um, yeah, it's the same conversation that we had about Nikola Jokic. People are finally willing to, to call him the best player on the planet. Um, but they weren't before he won a championship because he hadn't done it when it mattered most. And, Mm. For any of these guys, I think for, for both those guys in their respective sports, Jokic and Shohei, um, they have a lot more work to do to end up in the all-time list at the top. But I think yeah. it's it's within reason that they can both get there. We mentioned yesterday, I believe, or maybe it was the day before, or the days are blending together at this point in the summer, <laughs> uh, that your age 30 to like 34, 30, 33 season – yeah, you know, it's usually like when you're hitting your prime as an athlete. Um, and, you know, we're looking at Shohei and, and Jokic. They're both, I think, 28, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of time left for these guys to really hit, you know, full potential and, and catch their stride and, you know, be the best player they can be and hopefully win more championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that with Otani winning a championship, we talk about in baseball – I mean, the guy that comes to my mind, at least, is Madison Bumgarner, right? Mm-hmm. And Bumgarner, you know, is lauded for his heroics on the mound. Andrew Miller didn't get it done with the, the Guardians, then Indians. But for that playoff run that he had against the Cubs, which Nick, you brought up in one of our shows as being one of the best playoff matchups and World Series matchups, championship matchups, championship matchups we've ever seen in sports, he was lauded for his heroics on the mound. Guys that are that pitch well, I mean, hitters do – get crap, so to speak. I mean, A-Rod got it a little bit for not getting it done up until he did it with the Yankees. Bonds as well. But you don't see Bonds and Griffey, guys without rings, some of the greatest hitters of all time, get it as much as pitchers like Kershaw did. Because those guys really have a, a, a serious fingerprint on the game when they get on the mound. Otani is a bit of a different case, as we all know. He's going to have the option on both sides. He's going to have to do it at the dish and on the mound. So if he does get it done and he is great on the mound, you could make the argument that no player and he and does well at the dish. If he continues to do this, I'm saying through the playoffs and into the World Series and they get it done, you no player in the history of the game has had a bigger fit, foot, uh, fingerprint on a championship. Yeah. 
Agreed. Um, let's talk about this headline here that yeah. we have on our title. Cause let's we do it. Got, yeah. Our, our guy, Ronnie's in the comments. I love it. Ronnie love it. shy, Ron, not so shy, Ronnie. Okay. Let's see what Ronnie says. Yeah. So the title for those who can't see is Burrow Mahomes. Is this the best individual rivalry in sports right now? Ronnie Smith in the comments. Yes, it is. This is the new NFL rival, to be honest. But it was KC who picked this rivalry, not Cincinnati, and they don't consider them a real rivalry. They're just in the way of a Super Bowl. Cincinnati real rival is the AFC North, not Kansas City. The NFL is now on Burrow time. Who day, Ronnie Smith? Show us your watch, my guy. Um, I think it's. I think first of all, I think the NFL. Oh, he's really going off. I love Ronnie. Not so shy, Ronnie. Epic. He. Uh, the NFL made this rivalry, right? Look, these guys have played four times, twice in the a the AFC Championship. They're one and one there. Burrow's three and one all time. They play each other on the schedule this year, week 17. Not week 18 where the guys are sitting. Not early on. They play each other again week 17. What the NFL hopes will decide who the AFC winner is. The, NF the NFL is pushing this rivalry. They saw how successful it was with Brady and Manning. And look, Obviously, Brady and Manning, there was Big Ben, there was Philip Rivers, there was other quarterbacks at that Drew Brees at that time who entered the fray, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, I guess, was around for, I mean, a millennium. Uh, you have your Herbert, you have your Lawrence, you have your Lamar and Josh Allen, but really, these two guys are the only two young dudes to get to the Super Bowl. And now we sit here, uh, Burrow versus Mahomes. Is this the greatest individual rivalry, not only in the NFL, but all of sports right now? Mm, yeah, I mean... It's it's the most competitive at this point. I mean, two two teams that are going neck and neck when it comes to, you know, being able to make to the Super Bowl and get to the highest level. And of course, Cincinnati was there a couple of years ago, and then the Chiefs got it done last year. Um, and then of course, you know, they they beat each other to to get to the Super Bowl in years mm -hmm. prior. So um, we can continue to see this for for years to come and they're both young guns that can can keep it going it's kind of that manny brady-esque type you know um the rivalry that i'm seeing here i mean if you're looking at jersey sales too mahomes is number three burrow's number four in the month of may for for jersey sales so you know it's uh it's one of those things where it's popularity but also the fact that they're the best in the league right now mm, yeah well, who are who are one and two? If you have that list, you guys want to guess? Mm, I do. I thank you for thank you. We love guessing on this show. Well, Toss, you want to take crack first? Fresh off the draft, obviously in May, is one of them a a rookie coming into the league? Not one or two, but there is a rookie at five. Okay. Um, you guys want to do top ten? This these, be fun. Are these active players? <clears throat> Everyone's an active player. This is this okay. is of the month of May. Okay, we've got. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine quarterbacks in here, and then one okay. defensive player. So I'll take Mahomes, I'll take Mahomes and Burrow are three and four. I think Rodgers is there. Okay. What number do you think he is? Two. Rodgers is number one. And the New York It was Jets, a conservative guess eight. there by, by Josh. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Rodgers is number one. The defensive okay. player, I'm going to go Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is the defensive player at number six. Wow. Uh, is Lamar number two? Lamar is not number two, but he is in the top ten. Cool. Okay. Lamar um, is number nine. Number is Trevor Josh, Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is not on this list. Yeah, I didn't think so. Josh Allen. 
Josh Allen is number seven. Oh, wow. Josh Allen's number seven. Okay. Kirby. Kirby fully loaded. Herbert is not on this list. Come on, dude. Who's, have you, we've lived in, we've lived in Los, we've lived I, in I Los think, Angeles for six years. We know one Chargers fan. No, I think I might, this is just a little bit of a. I might have the only. I might have the only Justin Herbert jersey in LA, honestly. Um, here's a weird uh, one. Ronnie, it's shot. not Brock is not not in it, Ronnie. I'm gonna take a shot no, here. No, Ronnie's Derek saying Carr. the only team, the only team that KC's not uh not scared of KC is Brock. Oh <laughs> and, yep. and SF. Herbert stinks. Uh, Herbert stinks from Ronnie. <laughs> Love that. Uh Ronnie, uh, we got Ronnie Smith in our comments telling us that Herbert stinks. Okay, Nick, how about Derek Carr, he switched teams. Nope. Not in the top uh, 10. Oh, Dak, obviously. Quarterback nope. of the Dallas Cowboys. Got no Dak. Danny no Dimes? Dak. No Danny Dimes. You're missing Hurt. number two. You're missing number five. You're missing number eight and ten. Uh, Hertz is number two. Okay. Jesus. So you have so one through guys- four. You have six, seven, nine. You're still missing... 10, 8, God, who are these quarterbacks? Can Cousins? I get a Broncos country let's ride, please? You cannot. Let's wait and see. No, Broncos country let's wait and see. No, no, no. What about a Gino, a Eugenio Smith? Nope. No, no way. What do you mean no way? Dude, Russell Wilson stunk last year. If Justin Herbert is not on the list, then Gino Smith is not on the list. The Water Falcons have a bigger fan right, base. Give another hint. Two of these guys are rookies. Oh, okay. Two of these guys are rookie. Well, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Bryce Young is five. CJ Stroud is on this list. Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson. Richardson is eight. Number 10 is? Not a it's rookie. Kind of, not a rookie, but this is kind of a tough one. Goff? Nope. Love. Two at two a time. Jordan Love. Wow. Wow. Not so, Ritter, dude, yeah. People to, are buying to, into Jordan Love. To refresh the list here, number one in May NFL jersey sales, Rodgers at one. Jalen Hurts at two, Patrick Mahomes at three, Joe Burrow at four, Bryce Young at five, Micah Parsons at six, Josh Allen at seven, Anthony Richardson at eight, Lamar Jackson at nine, and Jordan Love at ten. And that's for the month of May. So we'll, yeah. we'll get a fresh list of June soon. I'm sure it won't be any different. <laughs> no suspense there. Uh, but back to this Burrow quickly, Mahomes rivalry. Um, to me, while I think it's an exciting rivalry, while I think these are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL – probably the two best teams in the AFC. I think kind of going back to your guys' point on winning a championship, I think the rivalry really takes the next step when Burrow wins an MVP, when Burrow wins a championship. I know he's gotten to the Super Bowl. Mahomes has multiple MVPs in multiple Super Bowls. And while the head-to-head rivalry favors Burrow, Burrow to me to really make this a rivalry, while maybe the best right now in the Manning and Brady level, Ronaldo, Messy level. Need some hardware. Need some hardware. Need needs an award or needs a championship. One of the yeah. two this year. Yeah. I, I or or I think there's also something to the narrative if Mahomes beats Burrow for the next three, four years, like that adds to the narrative, right? Like the only reason I'm thinking of other rivalries in sports right now, and there's some there's some things that we need to to check the boxes to to even hold a candle to the the Burrow and Mahomes rivalry, and it has to do with okay, is one of the teams winning a championship, right? Like I look at the Celtics and the Heat, I think they'd have a great chance, but neither of those teams have won a championship in the last four years. They've been to three out of the four Eastern Conference Finals against each other, which is a great story, but 
they're also they don't have you know two of the best players in the league or at least positionally the quarterback position the most important in the nfl um tatum is great i think he's a top seven top eight player in the nba jimmy butler was a top 10 player i think by the end on most mm. people's list just as what he did in the playoffs but neither of those guys are they're not lebron they're not steph right we really haven't had an nba rivalry um, that kind of rivaled that since the Warriors and the Cavs were playing each other. And then Durant came over and you'd kind of say like Durant and Curry against LeBron. Um, but there hasn't really been a true rivalry in the NBA that, that can kind of rival the, the NFL's Burrow and Mahomes. I think it was interesting that Ronnie threw in there. Um, I agree with you, Ronnie. Joe will get a ring. I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, I, I think it's interesting that he threw in that it, they wanted it to be Josh Allen and the, the Bills couldn't get it done. And no. then the, the Bengals just, you know, Cobra Kai swept the leg on them and, and took that position. Um, and I think, you know, I, I'm grateful for it because I think they're a better overall team and they're more exciting. And the Jamar Chase factor added a lot of just firepower behind the, the engine, um, the media engine that the, that the Bengals have now become. But they have a tough test in front of them because, Josh, who was your Super Bowl pick on the AFC side? Uh, pending health last season do you remember the ravens that's right and that's in division and lamar's back he's got some he's got some new toys and uh it, i think that the the ravens bengals rivalry is going to be really really fun for the next three to five years i do think that you bring up the bills i think the bills have been jumped by a couple teams to be honest i agree like, i think the to me you gotta if you think who's the next team that could enter the fray in this Bengals, like can, that can make it a triple threat match at WrestleMania, Kurt Angle, Randy Orton, and shout out to Nikki six one nine Ray Mysterio, who can make it like this triple threat match? It's the it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they are the most they are the big by far and away the biggest contender in their division. Colts, Texans, uh, Titans, bleh. but the Jaguars are pretty legit to me. They took down Nick's Chargers last year in the playoffs. They could enter the fray just because they play those other three teams twice a year. Uh, and have the best shot at winning their division. Uh, if you go across to the, a the AFC West and Knicks team, Herbert and, and the Chiefs, let's say just for argument's sake that somehow the Chargers take down the Chiefs and win the division. All of a sudden, Herbert enters the fray in that rivalry. He's got a more clear path that way. To me, like as good as the Bills were last year, they were just as disappointing. It wouldn't. I would like. This is going to sound. This is maybe my hottest take I've had in a while. If the Bills finished fourth in that division, I wouldn't be absolutely blown away. Yeah, I'm excited to get into our schedule prediction for the Patriots because I think you've kind of been just dropping a little breadcrumbs every, every few weeks here that you're low-key a little in on this team. Um, and Why I'm not? Sure, I mean, there's a few reasons why not. They, they have the worst quarterback in the division, but – I think that that goes a long way and we'll see their defense. I just, and you have to play those other teams. You have to, you have six games against Rogers and the jets who also have a great defense, the dolphins who have a very unique offense. And we saw last year, were able to put points on teams in the second half. Like nobody else had done for the last 10 years in the NFL. And then you have the Buffalo bills who do have Josh Allen and he is a dual threat at the quarterback position. And he presents a lot of challenges. You also have Stefan Diggs, who tweeted the other day, like Buffalo, What's up? So he's back in and he's really, really dangerous. One of the best receivers in the, in the NFL. So I think there's a lot of reasons why the Patriots would be the kind of locked in pick at the number four. Um, but they also have Bill Belichick and 
you can use that as your trump card on, you know, in any given matchup as well. Maybe, maybe not like you could three, four years ago, but, um, you know, it's, it's great that Matt Patricia won't be calling the plays this year too. So I'm excited to see what that looks like for your squad. Bill O'Brien back in the mix, which is great. I mean, look, do we have the words? The Patriots have the worst quarterback in that division for sure. Do they have the worst offense in that division for sure? But you could make the argument, and you would, you, no one would be surprised if they had the best defense. There are some good defenses. All those defenses in that division are good. Like we have some real defensive pieces. Look, if we if the Patriots had a top 10 pick, I wouldn't be surprised. If we made the playoffs so as a wild card, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think we're going to win the division, but I wouldn't. My, my range is like, I'm not going to be surprised. Are, you, are they the time. highest variance team for you in the NFL right now? Everyone in that division is because, like, I don't know. Like, I need to see the Jets. I need, I'm down for the Jets to be good, and we could kind of tailor this into the, the next topic I wanted to discuss with Dalvin Cook. Like, I'm like objectively, like, not like considering my rivalry with the Jets. I'm down for the Jets to be good, but I don't know. Like, I, yeah, they, they were like seven and wins with like, you know, like who's who at quarterback, but we have to see Rodgers kind of step up, and he did have a down year last year. The Dolphins were amazing, but unfortunately, like let's call a spade a spade. Like Tua's like one hit away from not only being seriously hurt, but maybe from being done in his career. So there's True. a lot of there's just like a lot of there's a there's a lot of question marks in this. Like Von Miller, how will he come back? How will Buffalo respond this year? There's a lot, just like a lot of question marks around these teams. So all these teams have the biggest variance where I can kind of go division by division and team by team and really have like a to me a clear picture of how i think things will go or like in a smaller scope and a smaller range of how things will go for me at least yeah i mean i i think it's never a bad pick when when you're talking about highest variance of any nfl team and you pick a team like the dolphins where like you said their quarterback might not be their quarterback come week six and then they're really in trouble because they don't really have a a backup plan there um Mm -hmm. or at least one that's going to keep them in contention yeah, but and I and I know we're shout talking. Shout out Brock Osweiler, guys, step up. You never know what can happen. That's true. Shout out Brock Osweiler. Uh, he did unfortunately step up against the Pats and earn a fat contract. Uh, okay, I brought up Dalvin Cook. We're gonna talk some running backs. I want some gut checks from you guys. Do you think it's a possible he goes to the Jets, or is that just a smokescreen? And B, do you think that's a good move for the New York Jets to go and get Dalvin Cook? Definitely think it's possible. I mean. Look, when you have Rodgers, you're expecting that you maybe only have him for two to three years, so you got to capitalize on what you have right now. So go out and get all the pieces you can. And Dalvin Cook is probably the top free agent available right now. And, you know, he he played at a great level last year. It's just going to be a matter of how much he costs. Mm -hmm. Toss? Yeah, I I think it kind of depends on Brees Hall's health too. Like, is he ready to go? Is he looking exactly like he was prior to the injury last season? If he's not, okay, take a shot at Dalvin Cook. We like Michael Carter. We've liked him since he got into the league. He's still on that roster. Donovan Knight showed some flashes last year. I think their running back room is fine, even if they don't go get Dalvin Cook. Um, but it's certainly a little more dangerous if he is in there. And mm-hmm. you know, he's a really good pass catching back. And obviously, Rodgers knows how to use like utilize his his um, running backs out of the backfield. You see what Aaron Jones is able to do, you know, with his partnership with Aaron Rodgers back in the in the Green Bay days. But I don't think it's a necessity for this team to be successful. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think it is. I don't think it is either. I just think that it's one of those things where you're right. It's about Brees Hall. Like, how ready is he? So this kind of takes that off them a little bit to 
not rush him back to the field to let him get, you know, the full rehab process in to, you know, get his legs strong again. Um, you know, we saw JK Dobbins struggle coming back last season. Um, it happens. Sometimes guys come back better than ever. I mean, obviously the year that Adrian Peterson tore his and came back and was dominant. I mean, that happens, but I think this would kind of alleviate some of the pressure for them to get the run game going if they had a top guy like Dalvin. Mm, yeah, I, I, I'm with you from the from the alleviation standpoint, Nick. I think taking some of the pressure off of <clears throat> quote unquote rushing Brees Hall back and having a guy like Dalvin in the mix who's proven who could kind of plug and play in an NFL offense. Uh, and a guy, you know, look, he's not he's not old, but he's in the next chapter of his career. So he wants to win a ring. He wants to be competitive. And we talked about it on our Tex- Texas Horns Up the show uh, with recruiting. Uh, go check that show out. If you haven't seen it, we have Diamante Tucker Dorsey coming on as a guest later today. He'll be dropping tomorrow. Really exciting stuff. Uh, one of the best transfers we've ever gotten the portal uh, last season linebacker. Um, but with Dalvin in the fold, a good offense is a good defense from a general manager standpoint. And where's the other team that Dalvin Cook is rumored to go right now? The Miami Dolphins, who are a division rival. So if you're the New York Jets, not only do you get a running back who's a proven commodity pro bowler in the running back room, you don't have to rush Brees Hall back. You could ease him in. You also prevent the Miami Dolphins from getting Play a little defense. Play a little defense, yeah. Get aggressive, bring him in. Dolphins don't get him. Leaves their running back room with Jeff Wilson, uh, Devin Achain, who's a rookie, um, and Raheem Mostert, which I'm not saying is not good, but considerably weaker than the running back room in New York. Probably weaker than the running back room in Buffalo. Um, or just some more question marks because Wilson and, and Mostert didn't really do it. I actually like Devin Ocean a lot. I think we all do out of AM, the rookie. Uh, yeah. But I, I think that that would be a really good defensive move from the New York football Jets uh, to go and get Dalvin Cook and keep him from Miami. Um, speaking of running backs, though, fantasy is right around the corner. We did our little first-round fantasy mock draft the other day on our Best of Believe show on Stadium. Go check that out as well if you haven't seen it. Uh, running backs that went in the first round, if you guys – just a little refresher. Eckler went in the first round. McCaffrey went in the first round. Uh, Derek Henry went in the first round. Saquon Barkley went in the first round. I believe that was it, if memory does serve me correctly, because we had uh, – Did you say Henry? Yep. I said Henry. I said Henry, Barkley, CMC, Eckler, uh, with the Saquon. others – uh, Barkley, yeah, yeah, yep. uh, and Bijan. Thank you, Bijan Robinson. Those are the five running backs going in the first round of a 12 team mock draft. Now, reading a running back rooms can be really tough, especially with guys in new places. Here's some running backs and some running back rankings I want to just throw at you guys and kind of get the conversation started. Uh, Seattle, who for a long time was Rashad Penny, Chris Carson, both those guys. Unfortunately, injuries derailed their careers in Seattle. Uh, so the Water Falcons right now are rolling out Kenneth Walker III in his sophomore season. Had a strong rookie year, but he got hurt. And they took Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA in the second round. Kenneth Walker currently is the 20th running back, and Zach is the 41st ranked running back. Over in Philadelphia, they have the aforementioned Rashad Penny. Um, he is the 40th ranked running back on ESPN, and the newly acquired DeAndre Swift is the 27th ranked running back. 
And then in Detroit, Rock City, Gibbs, the rookie out of Alabama, is a 16th-ranked running back. They brought in David Montgomery, uh, much to our disappointment, but he is, quote-unquote, the better running back. To Jamal Williams, he's the 26th-ranked running back. Just hearing that, those running back rooms, kind of your gut-check thoughts on some of the numbers and throwing rankings I'm throwing at you guys uh, in some of these running back rooms. Are there guys that you would want to wait on? Would you want to wait on Montgomery and pass on Gibbs? Would you want to nab both? Some thoughts here. Yeah, I would wait on Montgomery. Um, I mean, new team. Uh, I think, you know, they drafted, they went up and got Gibbs for a reason. Now, I don't think he's always going to play running back. I think he's more of an offensive threat like Debo Samuel is, but um, I'm always timid to see, you know, if I want to take that guy. I mean, it worked out last year. If you had DeAndre Swift and you had Jamal Williams, you know, they both panned out for you. Um, But we'll see. These are two different guys. Um, on the flip side, you know, with Penny and, and DeAndre Swift, um, Penny came up coming off an injury. Is, it's, you know, it's tough. And he was well on his way to becoming a top running back in the league before he got hurt. But um, we'll see what Swift can do. Hmm. Anything jumping out there for you, Toss? Um, no, I mean, I think all four of those guys mentioned are RB2s in my mind or flexes honestly um just by nature of volume and the the rooms that they're involved in um you know you, Miles Sanders if you drafted him with your third RB slot last year you were really really happy right because he was he had his best fantasy season best um you know actual real life season as well for the for the Philadelphia Eagles um but you know that Jalen Hurts is going to vulture some of those touchdowns and then they have really good third and fourth string running backs too and Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott and those guys get involved um so you just it's a it's an offense you want to be a part of but it's also one you can't rely on um I think out of all those guys the most enticing one to me is probably Gibbs just because of his just the vertical nature of of you know in his speed when he when he breaks out in the open field we've seen what he can do obviously we saw mm-hmm. that against our Texas Longhorns um and I think he's going to continue to do that in the NFL. I know guys defensive backfield and the linebacking cores are faster, um, but he's just, he's got speed at another level. So as far as home run hitters go, and of course, if you're in a keeper, he's the most enticing guy to, to me out of those four named there. Um, mm-hmm. I think his value is probably around. It, it makes sense to me. What'd you say? 16. I'm seeing he's six, his, 16th rank running back on ESPN and PPR. Yeah, I think, I think that feels right. Um, and obviously I think PPR same thing applies in regards to Gibbs. I think he's going to be involved in the pass game, like Nick was saying, whether he's lined up in the backfield or he, you know, motions out to the slot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'd like him. I, I'd like to get some some Jameer Gibbs stock. This is really early on, but I see, you know, on this list that I'm looking, it's not ESPN, uh, Fantasy Pros, but Travis Etienne's one slot ahead of him. I like Travis Etienne a lot more than I like Jameer Gibbs, um, just because that guy's going to be a workhorse for this Jacksonville team. And he also gets involved in the past game. And he also has the acceleration and speed to, you know, put 70, 60 yard touchdown runs, uh, you know, uh, on his, on his stats for, for the season. But the running back position is really, really interesting. I mean, you're looking at a guy like Dalvin cook, depending on where he falls, he turns back into a top 20 running back in fantasy. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, that's enticing. And it's interesting that he's a free agent right now. I mean, like when was the last time, that a guy like him at the running back position, we didn't know where they were, where they were going to end up. 
Has that happened? Yeah. Uh, not that I mean, there was there's like the Odell thing, you know, drafting Odell the past two years. Has been sure, and like, like it, and DeAndre shoot. Hopkins, right? Like you don't know what team he's going to play on right now, but but the receiver position, we've seen that before. Running back position, I feel like that's a little more rare. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I mean, we brought up Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet, and that to me is the scariest running back room of the three I listed because you really don't know how those guys are going to be deployed in, in Seattle. I actually like Swift coming. I know Gainwell and Scott are a bit worrisome as is Penny, but Swift's if Swift is healthy, he's an uber efficient running back. And I think some of the pressure being taken off him and heading to a great offense like Philadelphia, him and Montgomery as your 27 <laughs> and uh, 26 RBs. Like, look, Jamal Williams led the league in touchdowns last year. Montgomery could come in and fill, fill a very similar role. Um, I, I, to me, I'm a, I, it's, a, it's the weirdest thing because, like, growing up when we did fantasy, you always jumped on the RBs early. It was like, 10 RBs in the first round, maybe a wide receiver or two, like Gronk could slip in. Now, to me, like I know we had five in our first round of the mock draft, but if I had to redo it, uh, I'd really consider taking really leaning heavy on wide receivers because I'm looking at other running backs that weren't taken. And the the league-leading rusher, Josh Jacobs, wasn't taken. Jonathan Taylor wasn't taken. So those guys fell into round two for us. But Chubb gets his own team. Kareem Hunt's gone. Zeke's gone. So Pollard gets his own team. You have Joe Mixon, P. Ryan's gone, and he took away a lot of the touches last year. And then Ramondre Stevenson uh, with Damian Harris gone. I mean, all those guys are uber-efficient running backs and finally have their own running back room. Yeah. It's an evaluation for a lot of those guys. Like The only reason why Chubb is, in a, is, is because they're not involved in the pass game. And I know a guy like Tony Pollard is, but a guy like Chubb and a guy like Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson are not utilized in that same capacity as some of those guys um, that we picked in the first round. You know, even Jonathan Taylor isn't used as much in the past game as a guy like Austin Eckler. And that's why Eckler was a, would you pick him second overall, third overall? Uh, yeah, he was the top RB last year. Yeah. So that obviously makes huge Stevenson difference. Stevenson had 400 yards. He had 400 yards, Stevenson, last year receiving. Yeah. He, he could pop. Yeah. I, I mean, he's a really talented running back. And mm. the thing with that Patriots offense is you hope they stretch the field a little bit more now. And so maybe you get a, a few less checkdowns per game mm -hmm. um, for your sake, as a fan of the team, you probably want them to at least show some sort of vertical threat game in yeah. game out. Um, Ronnie, just, you know, keeping at it in the chat, which I love. He's asking if, if either of us have a, a sleeper team in the NFL this year, his or Cleveland and Seattle. Hmm. Um, no offense. I don't think Seattle is really a sleeper. They made the playoffs last year. Uh, Cleveland, um, maybe. I would say my sleeper team in the NFL is, we mentioned Jordan Love at the top of the show. If Jordan Love's great, like the Packers can head right back to the playoffs. Right? Yeah. I don't, know they, that, I, I don't know that a sleeper necessarily means that they, they made the playoffs last year, that they can't be a sleeper this year because they snuck into the playoffs last year. I agree. The expectations for that team were incredibly low. Going into the season, we did not expect them to be a playoff team. They I, are now. They, the 49ers exist in that division. I I still think that, like, where are they in terms of when you power rank the, the NFC? Are they, like, where are they for you? Because they're behind the Cowboys and the 49ers and the it's Eagles. Also, it's also a new season, too. Like, Who, Seattle? Right. Yeah. Seattle is probably in that, you know, 6 to 10 range. Yeah, that's that's a dark horse. That's a sleeper type pick. For I what though? For like to win the Super Bowl? Yeah. When you say sleeper, like you're like 
They're not just to make the playoffs. It's like to. to okay, do it so all. sleeper to do it all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And those, that's a real sleeper. Like a sleeper to do it all. Like a guy. We, like got, a, the, we got the Cape Crusader over here in the middle. <laughs> uh, Dark, Knight. Sli- Dark Knight action. Uh, the sleeper to do it all. Uh, that's tough. Um, I, I would have to think on that a little more. Like the Jets are like not really a sleeper. Like people are expecting them to be in the mix. I mean, uh, does Detroit count as a sleeper? Kind. It's tough because like the, I think the parity in the NFL, like there's like the teams that are really good, right? You have you, you have your top tier teams. Uh, ooh, a little sparkling water we're seeing on the live stream with Alex. Uh, see how the 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 <laughs> welcome back, Toss. The uh, I don't know. I feel like the parity is like. There's a, the teams that are bad are really bad, and the teams that are good are really good. Like I, the Lions, to me, I wouldn't be surprised if they went to the NFC Championship. Like if we're talking sleeper, I need to be surprised. Like whoa, like I did not. Like, you, I guess you guys are you guys are right. Like I did not see the Seahawks make. Like if you told me that the Seahawks were going to have a top five pick, I would have been like yes. If you would have said that it was the Broncos pick, I would have been shocked. I really don't think that we have the right definition of sleeper because in years past, you know, we talk about fantasy sleepers. We're talking about guys who are like, you know, taken in the fifth, sixth round that can end up popping off. It's not like guys you don't expect that you get in, you know, the 10 to 12 range. Like I disagree. Like who are really the sleeper options here? Because I think there's a lot of teams in the NFL that are capable of actually being good. I mean, if you're looking at the options for teams that would actually surprise you and not be good, that's like the Texans. That's like the Colts. It's like the Broncos, uh, you know, the bears, the the bears, the bears and the Colts are real slams. The bear. Okay. The bears and the Colts, like, the, the, those are teams that have made the playoffs in the last four years. They dropped off a little bit. Like they are teams that they've made serious moves. And if Anthony Richardson absolutely popped off and was a starting quarterback and the Colts went and won the division, which they did a couple years ago, or, or made the playoffs, I mean, which they did a couple years ago, then like, yeah, like I wouldn't like, you know, the, it, it would be a sleeper. But like saying someone's a sleeper that made the playoffs, like, no, they're not a sleeper. They were there. For me, at least. I mean, maybe we okay, all. Okay, but you but... you just said you wouldn't be surprised. I I want to. I'm doubling back on the Lions. So, I'm doubling back on the Lions because the Lions haven't made the NFC Championship since 1991. That team didn't make the playoffs last season. They have been a terrible franchise in regards to playoff success for a long time. They got to home. I don't it, see though. how you. I, I I get who's on their team this year. I get who their coach is. But guess what? Their coach hasn't been to the playoffs yet. It would be an absolute dark horse of a pick for the Lions to get to the NFC Championship. I believe in the talent for their team. I just want to make sure that we clarify that, like, this is not that that would be a feat for them. Them getting to the NFC Championship would be incredibly huge for their franchise. I think dark, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. But I think dark horse, even to me, dark horse and sleeper are two different things. <laughs> okay. So I, maybe okay. we're just yeah. I think like I so think it goes. So I think tender sleeper because I think they're a sneaky dark horse contender to me, which is a sleeper. A sleeper is something that's been slept on. Like people are sleeping on these teams. No one sleep. People have high expectations for the Lions. People think the Lions could win that division. Yeah, like the Bears are a sleeper. Like the Bears could maybe win the division. Could make the playoffs. And make a run if Justin Fields explodes. Yeah, but, but, okay, but, but you, you understand the division that. is yeah, go ahead, Nick. When you say like people are sleeping on this, like that means that they're good and people don't expect don't know that they're good. Like 
people are sleeping on mimosas at brunch. People are sleeping on, you know, hibachi. Like, not they're people, not. Everyone like, knows mimosas at brunch are good, bro. It's a thing. Yeah, but but mimosas at at brunch are overrated. Just by the way, I'm just I'm just saying that that's the by definition when you're say we're sleeping on this, you're sleeping on that. It's something that some people don't understand is good, right? Like, but I think people understand the lines are good. I. I don't think everyone does. The Bears are not a team that people are sleeping on because they're not going to be good next year. They're going to be okay, but they're not going to win the division and they're not going to make a run. Right. Anybody who says that the Bears are a sleeper, meaning that they could get to like the second round of the playoffs, is not like living in rational thought right now. They're, they're doing it for a take at that point, in my opinion. Because if you look at what they can do, like and what we saw them do last year, like the expectation is if they make the playoffs, that is an incredibly great season for them. And we should give them their their flowers just for that and give them a massive round of applause. The Bears make the I, first round of the playoffs. Awesome. Unbelievable. I think, I think Ronnie here said it great. He's he's a Bengals fan, but Cleveland is a sleeper and Baltimore is the dark horse. I don't know if Baltimore is necessarily a dark horse because I think that with a healthy Lamar, they could end up being a favorite. Um you know, I mean, they're they're neck and neck when it comes to winning that division. I think, but I do think Cleveland could be a sleeper. That's fine. I'm okay. I'm fine with Cleveland being a sleeper. But I think they fall in the sleeper category, a team that could be good, but people are, like you guys are saying are sleeping on it. Where Dark Horse is a team like the Lions, who I think are going to contend, like wholeheartedly going to contend for a Super Bowl, whether they've not made the playoffs in God knows how long or not. I think they could. They're well, the number I, one I, offense I, last year. How many teams each season do you really believe can win the Super Bowl? Ten. That's a lot of teams. There's no I way go in, That's I way go too in, many teams. That's too many teams. It's not. I think I'll six list. teams. Okay. Can, fine. Six teams. Can the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? Duh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, just all right. All right. Humor me here. God. Can the Bengals win the Super Bowl? Yep. Yes. Can the Ravens win the Super Bowl? Yes. Yep. Okay. Can the Bills win the Super Bowl? No. I'm with Nick. Can the Dolphins or Jets? No. Nope. No. Actually, I, I'm 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 fifty fifty on the Jets. We'll see. Yeah, I gotta wait. I gotta wait and see on the Jets. My gut says, but if I'm fifty fifty, I say no. That's how sure. I play it. Can the Jaguars or Chargers win the Super Bowl? No. No. Can the Cowboys win the Super Bowl? No. Sorry, Toss. Okay. I really think they can. I think they can too, but I'm. I'm I, I think, think it's. I think you guys game. are. I think you guys are being hard on the Bills. Whatever. Eagles can they win the Super Bowl? Yes. yes. There's only can one the other Vi- team in the. There's only one other team in the NFC that should be named. The Niners. the Niners. That's it. So you think the Vikings have no chance? The Bills have no chance. The Jets, Dolphins. You need to see. I guess you need to see the Jets. But the only teams I'm on the fence about right now is the the Jets, like Nick said, and then it's not ten teams. It's more. It's more like eight to six, six. seven. Yeah, I think the Vikings have a shot at getting there. I really think they have a shot. I'm not counting. I'm not counting the Vikings out. I'm not counting the Lions out with everything they've added. Goff has been there before. And I'm definitely not counting out Buffalo, despite us crapping on them, you know, for a majority of the show. And if Miami is healthy and the things work out for the Jets, they're all like those are contenders to me. 
some of them may be more dark horses like the Dolphins and the Lions. I, th- I think like you got to evaluate it though because think about who they'd be playing when they get to the playoffs and who they'd have to knock out. So if we're mentioning the Cowboys and the 49ers and the Eagles and you're the Detroit Lions, you think they're going to beat those those teams three games in a row? They're not going to play those. They I don't think they'll be playing okay, those Okay, two of those teams. teams. Two of those teams then. I don't think it's impossible. It's not impossible. You know what is impossible though? The Raiders going all okay. the way in the Super Bowl. Let's break down their schedule because gotcha. we gotta follow follow the trend before we run out of time here. We do have to follow the trend before we run out of time. All right, I'm gonna pull it up for you guys. This one I will admit not looking good for the boys in Vegas. We will continue this another time. Okay. Breaking down the Las Vegas Raiders schedule. What will they go? For those who don't remember the rules, here's how it flows. I will ask a game to Alex and Nick. If they think, if they agree, it automatically counts. I am the tiebreaker. Week one, Vegas heads to Denver. Win or loss? I think it's a win. Loss. I think they, I think they win too, actually. At Buffalo, week two. I think that's a loss. Loss. Okay, one and one. Home versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sunday night game. Sunday think, night game. I think that's a win. Okay. I'll say uh, loss. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go loss. I actually think the Steelers are gonna be solid this year. At L.A. Chargers. I'm gonna go loss. Loss. One and three heading to Lambeau Field Monday night. Win. Loss. I, I'm with it. Loss. At Foxborough. Oh, sorry. Home versus the Patriots in uh, in Vegas. Um, win. Win. Two Josh McDaniel's revenge game. Uh-oh. Week seven, week eight at Chicago, at Detroit. Uh, I'm going to go. Mon- Detroit's a Monday night game in week eight. I'm going to go win against Chicago, loss mm. against Detroit. I will ride that. Okay, so win and an L. We are three and five heading back to Vegas for the New York Giants week nine and the New York Jets for another night game Sunday night week 10. I think they beat the Giants, lose to the Jets. I think they lose both those games. So we automatically have one loss in there. Mm -hmm. And you're the swing on on the Giants. I think they get Darren Waller. Against- Darren Waller revenge game. No, oh. <laughs> if he's available. There he is. I was about to say Darren Waller is going to make it to week nine. Um, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to make it to week nine? Uh, guys, you guys are bringing up some really good points here. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to give them a win. Okay, so they're four and six at Miami, week eleven. Then back home versus Kansas City, week twelve before the bye. I'm going to give them a loss against Miami and a loss against Kansas City. I will ride that. Double L's. Double L's. Right now we are sitting at four and eight through 12 weeks heading into the bye. Everyone's a winner there. You head to week 14 versus Minnesota, and then you have a Thursday night game on Amazon Prime versus the Los Angeles Chargers at home. Both home games. Uh, Win against Minnesota. Okay. Win against Los Angeles Chargers. Ooh, Nick. Um, I will take a 
win against Minnesota, mm-hmm. I will take a loss against the Chargers. I'll take a loss against the Chargers too. We got faith in your boys, Nick. Okay, then to close it out, Monday. Oh, Christmas game. It's a Christmas game at Kansas City. It's a Christmas miracle. They're going to beat the Chiefs. <laughs> I'm going to give this to I'm going to give it to Ronnie. Put it, and put it in your guys' hands. Yeah, I'm going to say they lose that game on Christmas to the Chiefs. Yes, uh, sad Christmas for Garoppolo, McDaniels, and the boys. Then they go on New Year's Eve day to Indianapolis. New Year's Eve day. Uh, I think they lose that game. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to give him a win. I'm going to give him a win, too. I think the Colts have a tough time this year, maybe. Uh, then home versus the Broncos, week 18. In a meaningless game, I think they win. I think it won't be meaningless, and I think the Broncos win. I think the Raiders win, but I'm with Toss that it is not meaningless. Every game matters in the NFL. Gentlemen, that is all the time we have today. Very can excited. We get the, yeah, can we get Seven the final record for them? Seven and ten. We'll do a recap. I'll go through all the other records again, and we'll do a recap. That's not of what bad. It's fun. It's fun. It's better than last year, right? Better than last year, I believe. They were 6-11 last year. It's a one-game improvement. Shout-out to Josh McDaniels. Will he be fired after the 7-10 and 10 record? The world may never know. Gentlemen, we'll if get they go, into If they go 7-10, and 10, Devontae Adams has is, is got like 1,600 receiving yards. He's going to be like great. 14 touchdowns. He's going to go off again. Hopefully he's on another team by the deadline. Ooh, Nick, we could discuss that another time too. All right, Chris Harris Jr. joins us tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. PST. We'll talk a little Broncos. We'll talk a little bit of Devontae Adams. Uh, and we'll talk a little, you know, just a whole AFC West. And we'll get his take on how many teams can really contend for Super Bowl and what defines a sleeper or a dark horse. We will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Fisher to stop us. Snacks, Crowder, hit your free throws because they're free. We outcha. We love you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.